Uh, I wasn't recording any of it, just so you know. That's good. That's good. Um, Which show am I going to go with? Show me your bits. When you take a shower, what's the etiquette for washing your legs? Washing your legs. Well, here's what I do. I hit the problem areas. Mm-hmm. I wash scalp every other day. Mm-hmm. Then every day, it's face, pits, belly button, private sections. Yeah, I think... And then feet. I think technically what you're supposed to do... Like, not technically, but... I, I'm pretty... I heard this from, I think, an episode of Adam Ruins Everything. Uh-huh. How credible that is. But really, when you shower... It's your pits and your bits. Yeah. That's how I like to say it. Yeah. Those are the problems there really is. Because I heard everything else just dries out your skin. It's not good for your skin. Yeah, and you and just basically, like, like, mm-hmm. like with your hair, you just got to rinse yourself off. Mm-hmm. I understand if um, you're particular about your hair and you want it to be able to do certain things mm-hmm. and like look a certain way, then yeah, absolutely shampoo your hair every day, every other day, whatever you want. Yeah, I think if you use a lot That's, of product, yeah. you're supposed to. Yeah, I shampoo my hair because... I like it being as manageable as possible, mm-hmm. and I wash my whole body because I like how it feels. I know it, it is a pampering thing. I yeah, like absolutely. like when I uh, like cut the grass or something like that. I'm covered in that that gasoline stink mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the fresh grass all over me. I, I I like knowing that my whole body smells like my my soap. Yeah, but I don't know. I see this thing all the time. People online, mainly dudes. We're like, I just let gravity do the do the work. If you wash your upper body, the water runs down and it washes your legs. And that drives me insane. Yeah. Here's my here's my uh, analogy for that. It's like saying if you're doing the dishes and you wash a plate while holding it over another plate, you just wash two dishes, baby. That's not true at all. That's yeah. not how that works. Fair. You got to scrub. If you think you're washing, you got to scrub. Mm-hmm. So. That's fair. Men out there, wash your legs. Unless you're an all-natural guy who just does his bits and pits. And that's totally fine as well. So that's that one off the list. It there you really go. Lead it in anything, but no, nah, it didn't really get over. But that's fine. Sometimes they can be non sequiturs. Would you like another one? Yeah, show me your bits. Um, why do you think Kiss was ever popular? Kiss sucks ass. Like plain and simple. Every they got the one song that I like, and that's it. Well, it's obviously theatricality, but how did they get the money for all the pyro and stuff? Exactly. Like, do you, do you think they were playing bars, ass kiss, and like the makeup and stuff like that? Are they from Detroit Rock City? No, I th- the the song I believe is written about some kids who died on their way to see a Kiss show in Detroit. Oh, okay. Um, where are they from? I don't know, fucking Boise, Idaho, or some dumb shit like that. Probably. <laughs> I bet it's New York. Maybe. Um, were they seventy? Yeah, they they were seventies, yeah, right? Seventies, yeah. Well. I mean, I guess they were kind of, quote-unquote, scary at the time. Were they scary? I think so. They were, like, spitting blood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And What's-His-Face was dressed up like a demon, but also... No, I can't imagine... I can't imagine a band like Kiss playing in a bar. Yeah. And, like, they're not... Their music's not good enough. I bet you I know what happened. What happened? They showed up to a bar one time like that. Some promoter saw them, they were like... Nah, this isn't bar. This needs to be in front of a stadium. It's got to be yeah. like one of those old school stories like that, yeah, where like yeah, yeah. you know, like uh, like or not even that old school. Even Justin Bieber just being at Walmart recording videos on iPhones or whatever, yeah. and then whoever the fuck saw it saw it. Who was the the guy who discovered Justin Bieber? Usher. Yeah, Usher. Yeah, it's got to be like one of those stories yeah. where like you just like. Actually, I think it was from what off. I know about Kiss. 
my dad's a big Kiss fan, so I know a lot about Kiss. Um, I think it was Gene Simmons who did all that. And also, from what I know, their like albums didn't do well, but their live shows did, and then their live albums did really well. But like, where do you start with that? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't understand how you get off the floor. Like, I yeah. know what works about Kiss, but I don't know how you get that off the floor. Which yeah. I guess is where Gene Simmons uh, deserves his props. Huge piece of shit, though. I hate that guy. I have heard awful things. Yeah. Try to trademark the birthday song or something like that. He's got a trademark on OJ when referring to orange juice. Hmm. I guess he... that's how you get it off the ground. I guess. Um, also had a deal with WCW during the late 90s. Did he? Yep. Eric Bischoff threw a bunch of money at him to have a live Kiss concert on WCW. Yeah. Was one of the worst rated episodes they had in terms of viewership. <laughs> also. Uh, yeah, like 20 years too late for this. Yeah. And also had a character named the Kiss Demon that was just dressed up like Gene Simmons that would wrestle. Cool. He was contractually ob- obligated to be in a main event. And the guy who played the Kiss Demon actually, or no, I think it's Gene Simmons in his book, wrote that during like i can't remember what it was this is entirely fake news don't listen to me um the story's right but where it happened is not uh, like at like Ozfest or some shit like that like in florida or something like that he just talks about being in his hotel room and linda and vince mcmahon coming to talk to him about the deal before eric bischoff did but they couldn't come to an agreement so that's why you went to wcw because wcw was just throwing money at people at the time so there you go also they were in tony hawk underground which is insane. I don't think those fan bases have any overlap. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, again, I guess props to Gene Simmons, but how do you work out either of those deals? How do you convince someone that your audience for Tony Hawk's Underground or wrestling is also the Kiss audience? Who is the Kiss audience? I I, I have friends who like Kiss. Do you? Then they do, like, tribute shows and shit dressed as Kiss. Right? Are they our age? Yeah. That's I don't believe that. Yeah. That sucks. Sorry. It's got to be like a Grateful Dead thing where like the vibes maybe trump the music. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mm-hmm. will say though, yeah. I was made for loving you. Kicks ass. Such a good song. I'll also say Juan Waters. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm-mm. Juan Waters. While we're on wrestling, might as well. Um, I have a lot of respect for Juan Waters. Uh, super inspirational. I got the chance to see him at Third Man Records mm-hmm. uh, just last night. And Sorry, I thought Juan Waters was a Kiss song when you started talking. <laughs> no. Uh, Juan Waters is a artist signed to Captured Tracks. Uh, sh- should still be. Um, maybe he's not. I don't know. But uh, he's from Uruguay. Okay. Uh, used to live with Mac DeMarco. Okay. Mac DeMarco was also on Captured Tracks before starting his own record label. Also from Uruguay. Not a lot of people mm-hmm. know that. But, um, yeah, great. Um, yeah, super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, Love Juan Waters. Shouts out Juan Waters. Uh, but apparently huge wrestling fan. Didn't know that. Um, so he primarily does like acoustic stuff. There's some full bandish stuff. Um, but when the show started last night, uh, the lights went down and John Cena's theme song played. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> and he came out and he's like just wearing an oversized shirt and an oversized pant, like khaki kind of a thing. And it's like tucked in and he's wearing like a bolo. And he's like an older guy, maybe like 35, almost 40 very thick accent and he just starts playing with his little guitar or whatever and it's great it's very good um and i don't want to go on for too long this has to do with the wrestling but first i just want to talk about the show i was really genuinely pleased by the show uh did a great job of making it a show and not just going to see a concert kind of a thing yeah um and did it effortlessly um 
after the second song or something like that, he was just like, do you guys want me to keep playing or do you guys want me to talk some or whatever? And they're like, talk, talk, talk. And he's like, okay. He's like, I, I'm trying not to talk so much in my shows. He's like, you know, I live in New York, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of living more in Uruguay now. And, uh, you know, I'm getting to be a little bit closer with like my uncle. Um, and it's kind of funny cause like, you know, my parents moved me to New York because they thought, oh wow, you know, America land of opportunity. Uh, this will be great for my kids. He's like, and now I'm getting older and I'm realizing that's not really the case. So I'm, I'm going back to Uruguay and my parents live here now. So they're a little disappointed. Um, he's like, but I've been spending a lot of time with my uncle and it's been great. You know, I'm spending the night at the house and stuff like that. And one time he told me very seriously, we we're having a very serious talk and he was telling me, you know, like Juan, like you have such great songs. Like you talk way too much of your shows, just play <laughs> your songs, you know? And that got a big laugh and he just kept bringing that up every now and again, like, you know, like we'd finish like two or three songs. He'd be like, I don't know if I should listen to my uncle or if I should listen to you guys, you know? And then he'd tell stories about like, you know, he's like, it's weird to see how things change or whatever. Like Detroit, for example, you know, there there have been times in New York where like not that many people live there. Like, you know, sometimes the streets feel a little bit empty and then suddenly everybody lives here again. And he's like, same thing with Detroit. He's like, the last time I was here, I remember, you know, the, the buildings were like boarded up and there was just nobody, like nobody on the street or whatever. And he's like, and also my friend was driving on the sidewalk. But <laughs> so that was kind of an experience. I've never done that before. But uh, anyways, then like halfway through the acoustic thing, people just start filing on stage and filling out in the second half as like a full band thing. And it was great. But uh, the thing that I did, like I was talking to my friend at the show and he was saying, oh yeah, you didn't know that? Juan Waters and like his whole crew, they're like really big wrestling fans. Um, and yeah, so just earlier today I was watching the music video for his uh, his song Sanity or Not. And uh, the, the music video was like a, an ode homage to... Uh, Andy Kaufman's bit in the 70s where he was the greatest world's like women's yeah. wrestler ever. Yeah. Um, the whole time Juan's fighting like his, uh, you know, female friends and whatnot. And, uh... and then like uh, the, the, the music video ends though and it's just them like looking at a wrestling magazine and being like, oh, look at that. You know, Shawn Michaels doing that backflip and then being like, oh, dude, look at Hulk Hogan's face here. It's very, very funny. Um, so anyways, the only connection that I had to the conversation we've had so far is I mentioned WCW, and then that made me think of Juan Waters, uh, who, like I said, yeah, just want to give a huge shout-out to. Um, I remember at one point thinking, yeah, I was just watching it and thinking, like, this is probably the closest I'll ever get to having seen someone like J Daniel Johnston, almost. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, just because it's so, like, you know, honest and uh, simple, but, like, cutting. Um... You know, there were even a couple of points during the set where he was talking about that, where he was like, you know, he's like 10 or 15 years I've been doing this now. You know, he's like, you know, and he's like, and it's great that I get to bring it around the world. And it seems to like, you know, affect people all over that all, you know, all kinds of people respond to the message. Uh, he's like, because sometimes, you know, I think about, you know, because of how like uh, personal and like vulnerable it is, like maybe I shouldn't do this anymore, you know. So, so I don't know. It's just it was really moving is all I mean to say. It was a really, yeah. really good show. And I shook his hand as well. Very cool. I did my classic thing. I don't know if I've ever told the story before, but one time I was in Red Bank. I was at um, Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash. And uh, by no means is anybody that works at the Secret Stash a hero of mine necessarily. Um, but for some reason, uh, I was starstruck a bit. The, there's a show on AMC, or was rather, uh, called Comic Book Men. It's about Kevin Smith's childhood friends running the comic book shop that he has in Red Bank, New Jersey. Uh, Q from... Impractical Jokers was supposed to be on the show, uh, but it the, the contract with AMC conflicted with the True TV thing, so he couldn't. But he's a childhood friend of all those guys, um, and is on the, st the Tell Him Steve Dave podcast with uh, with Walter and Brian and 
and a couple other guys. I know I don't think Ming's really on that, and I don't remember the other guy's name. But anyways, um, yeah, there was a point where I saw Walter Flanagan, who's the kid, the, the real-life man that Randall is based on and is also a comic artist who uh, drew, like, um, both of Kevin Smith's uh, Batman comics, which I have not read. Like I said, I really don't know this guy other than, like, kind of from the podcast, kind of from the TV show. Yeah, and for some reason when I saw him, I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I left, and, like, uh, I was kind of talking about it to my then-girlfriend, and she was like, you should go back and say something. I was like, all right, fine. So I did. And I just went in, and I, like, put my hand on it, and I was like, Walter? And I was just like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and he was just absolutely dumbfounded. He's like, what the fuck? You know, like, just looking at me like, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Same thing with uh, Juan Waters. I, my Cam uh, was doing sound that night. Cam was uh, talking to Juan, and uh, I put my hand on the small of their back, and then I shook their hand, and then I turned to Juan, and um, yeah, I just looked him dead in the eye, shook his hand, and said, thanks. Uh, thank you. And then walked away. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. What else do you say? I feel like that's yeah. nice. That's every, tasteful. You don't. Yeah. Every time I've met someone famous or slightly famous, yeah, I always do something small like that. Like I go up to them and be like, "Oh, hey, big fan, love your stuff. Goodbye." And that's it. Like I don't. Like in my head, I'm like, "Ah, oh, that'd be cool if I, be cool if I got a picture or something like that." But I cannot imagine a million years going up to somebody being like, "Can you get a can I get a picture?" Yeah. It always just feels weird. Like I don't want to yeah. have that much of an interaction. But I will say, this is an experience we shared together. One of the coolest moments of my life. For a while, it was a really cool story. Uh, a band that will not be named. Yes. We met after a show, and they were looking for a place to stay afterwards. Mm-hmm. We're like, bro, we just moved into a new place. Mm-hmm. Don't have anywhere for you to sleep besides the ground. But you could do that. And they're like, yeah, Definitely. And they and came we smoked up and ate pizza and drank for like twelve hours. Yeah, yeah. it was like an ungodly amount of weed. Like yeah. I, I've never been a big smoker. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even do it anymore. But I didn't want to look bad in front of these guys. And yeah, no, we just stood in our kitchen for not a joke twelve hours, and there wasn't a minute that passed that somebody wasn't passing around a blunt. And yeah. I was like. It's the only time I've been high enough in my life that, like, I closed my eyes and I was, like, seeing cartoon shit. It was insane. <laughs> That'd be a great segue if I didn't want to tell my friend's story. I have a friend. I know. In the middle of saying that, I was like, oh, I can, I can tie that into Roger. Yeah, I Sorry, go on. I'm going to try. Um, but anyways, uh, he's met Mac DeMarco a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And Mac DeMarco's a very uh, inspirational person in his life. Um, and I guess when he had first moved here to Detroit... Um, with his girlfriend um they went to a mac demarco show and he actually had like a um you know like when when the band was like very diy like a like an album that uh i think what is it called i think like it's like make out videotape or something like that i can't remember what the fuck the name of you know i, I i'm not that deep of a mac demarco fan i'm sure it's good stuff i've just never listened to it but he had this like obscure kind of thing that was very limited run or ever and uh he was talking about how you know mac had like a swarm of people around him at the end of the thing and he's like and he's like, and I'm, I'm not shitting you. He like, I like had the thing and he like saw it in my hand and he like literally parted all of the people going like, Mac, 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 Mac. And he was like, where did you get that kind of a thing? And he was like, oh, I don't know, I found it, whatever, that kind of thing. And he was like, that's insane. He's like, does it still have the insert and stuff like that? Yada, yada, yada. And uh, he's like, no, nah, it doesn't have that. And he's like, ah, oh, damn, you know, that kind of a thing. And he's like, um... and then a little while after that, he was like, he ended up following me on 
Instagram yeah. and messaged me and was like, hey, could you scan that and send it to me kind of a thing? Uh, and he's like, and so I did, but also he was like, I, I took a nice scan of it and blew it up and like put it on like a t-shirt or something like that or a poster or whatever he did. And uh, he was like, so then again, I saw Mac DeMarco a little bit later and I had the thing and he saw it. And again, he parted it like, you know, and then he just came over and he was like, he was like, it was crazy. He was like, it was forever. He was like, he was like, the cover of it looks like the cover of this old dog where it's just got all this like goofy, yeah. you know, cartoony shit all over it. And uh, he was like, he just stood there forever, like pointing out every little thing and explaining what it was. And uh, my friend was like, uh, and he didn't really like express it well because I could tell that he was like overwhelmed by the moment. But like the basic sentiment that he was like trying to get across to me, which I understood very deeply and it was very profound, was just like, thank you for giving this back to me. Oh, that's very cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just as a memory, just that thing where he's like, wow, like I really never thought I'd see this again. And it's all coming back because of this thing you found, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was a great story. It is. Yeah. It reminds me also of an open mic eagle lyric that I yeah. like a lot. It, I, I don't remember contextually having a lot to do with the bars that surround it, but it's just the line where he says, if you remember the moment, come here and shake my hand. No. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'd love to try to tie this into Roger Rabbit, but I got more. I, I, I keep thinking <laughs> about more stories from uh, the story I was just telling. Um, when... It sucks so much. It sucks less for us than people who are actually affected by it. But it sucks so much uh, of how many bands got exposed in the Me Too era. Which, yeah, for good measure. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, God damn, why is there such a fucking concentrated amount of this? Yeah, but like, I have two other bands to mention in the story. Yeah. And I don't want to say their names because I'm not sure, you know? <laughs> but, you know, this first band that's today to replace, I remember, um, to be fair, just one of them sucks. The rest of them, chill dudes. Mm-hmm. I think they started some side projects. Yeah. They're good. I like them. I'd like to support them. Um, but I remember, uh, do you remember a friend of ours also being there, just making an ass out of himself the entire time, and kind uh, of us too? Was he? Yeah. I don't remember offhand just because I was so like, kind of like, holy shit, this band is just in the kitchen eating pizza yeah. with me. Like I remember- I'm just talking about Donnie Darko with two other guys who seemed to love Donnie Darko. Exactly. Like that, that kind of stuff was happening. Like I was talking yeah. to one of them about like- this really obscure book I read in middle school and he had also read it and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, bro, fuck it. I don't think I've met another person who has read this book and we're talking about it. But I remember... I also remember them showing us demos of what would become that next album. Yeah. And being underwhelmed at the time, which is funny because I actually do like that album. Yeah. But I just remember being in the kitchen. And it happens all the time, I feel like, even with my musician friends. Um... You know, even when they release projects, like when it finally comes out, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's hot shit. But like sometimes they'll be like, check out this demo on my phone. And I'm like, yeah, dude, keep it up. Like, I don't know. There's just something about like the demo on the phone that's just, yeah. it doesn't yeah. blast you the right yeah, way. Yeah, no, they were playing it through our Bluetooth speaker, but I remember yeah. listening to it. And of course, our friend making an ass out of himself and saying, yeah. this is just some dumb garbage shit. And them looking kind of disappointed in what he was saying. And me, I was, again, so high. Yeah. Like, couldn't even register what the music was, but I remember being like, no, this just sounds like a logical evolution of you guys. Yeah. It doesn't sound like your last stuff, but it sounds like what you should be next. Yeah. Should be doing next. And I like it. 
And they're like, oh, cool, thanks, man. And just uh, super high. Me was just like, oh, you nailed that. These guys <laughs> love you now. But I remember, yeah, that happened. And then a few months later, another band that I won't name was playing somewhere. And you guys went to go see them. Mm-hmm. And me and my roommate, I was living with three guys. I'm sorry, I was living with two guys. And one of the roommates and you went to go see this other band. And that band also needed a place to stay. And I remember getting a call from my roommate being like, broken fucking well, I can name this man because they didn't actually stay at my house so they're like broken fucking Prince Stadium and the hyena come over and stay and I was like bro it's Tuesday no I have to work tomorrow <laughs> and I was on the my other roommate was there on the phone with me too and he was like yeah no absolutely not and my roommate on the phone being like I get that I understand and just the most drunk Chris I've ever heard in the background being like fuck you dude come on you gotta and me being like Chris, you don't live here. No. And you're like, fuck you, dude. You have to do this. I was like, Chris, you live somewhere. Invite them to your place. And you're like, no. No, they got to stay at your house, man. And just being so mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, at that time, I was living uh, probably either A, at my mom's, or B, at an apartment that had bad cockroaches. Would not have been good to have it your apartment was you were at that apartment i remember it was bigger than my house though so i was like no that makes perfect sense send them there yeah speaking of i mean i've sometimes it's rugged on tour it is rugged on tour i won't name locations or people or anything like that but one time with zilch we stepped we let's be sitting at a house uh just like seven uncleaned cat litter boxes in there wasn't a room in the house where you couldn't like just barely breathe you know yeah Yeah. that sucks it was disgusting um otherwise just odd in general the whole thing had like a damp doily you know doily is (laughs) a kind of doily vibe to it like everything was like um you know young hip like thrifted but specifically like old lady like your grandma's house kind of shit like with just like porcelain dolls everywhere and like and also someone was definitely like on acid or 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 shrooms uh in the living room just like being a maniac watching seinfeld (laughs) and just laughing and like i just took a melatonin i was like okay see you guys tomorrow you know yeah um and then it was even more awful in the morning because i couldn't unlock my car the key fob the battery had died so we had to walk to like a dollar general buy the battery for it then walk a mile back and then we were finally fucking out of there um also, a million cats, obviously. Yeah. I was <laughs> Hence the say, seven kitties. I'd like to think that there were seven litter boxes that are full, but just one cat. No, there was He's a lot options. of cats. And there was one dying cat who didn't leave the top of this like kitchen table thing. He was Yikes. just up there not doing well and hanging out. There was also a comically large cat, Garfield, yeah. even bigger than Cooper. Wow. Um, Can't even imagine. Yeah, cats are often cartoons. Yeah. No, I wanted to tell one more story about five. Go ahead. No, no, you too, I could also, it also might be a story you might not want me to tell, but I was, you saying that guy being on acid or watching Seinfeld reminded me of the first time you did acid. Uh Uh-huh. Can I tell this story from my point of view? Yeah, that's fine. You had acid. I don't remember where you got it. I got it from Megan. I was trying to convince our friend, I was trying to convince our friend to do it with me, but he was pulling a you about having a band stay at the house. And he just kept going, like, no, not tonight. Like, maybe in a month or something like that. Like, yada, 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 something like that. I'm like, dude, it's on its way. This is the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, it got delivered to you. 
and you yeah. were trying to get all of us to do it with you and we were all like nobody well, else wanted it yeah we were like yeah. it's 9 p.m later chris we'll do it another day <laughs> yeah and you were so dead set on it you're like i'm gonna do it by myself yeah. we're all like i don't know that much about acid yeah i think that's a bad idea yeah. and you're like no nah, i'm just gonna do it even I, worse an hour later when i wasn't high yet megan classic classic everybody always does this they're like she literally said to me it's probably bum acid you should just go ahead and try to take the second one and feel something yeah yeah so then i, I was on that. two tabs of acid you absolutely alone. were yeah um <laughs> and yeah i remember you just like I don't remember like specifics of it, but I remember you just. I remember specifics. Yeah, I know. I know. Of course you do. I remember you just bumming around on acid and just being kind of weird. Yeah. And, I, and you were like, "Now I'm gonna go to my room." And we we're like, "Okay, man." And you went in your room, and we we're just sitting in the living room. And I hear you. You know, I hear your Xbox turn on. And then just very faintly in the other room, I hear like the opening notes boom, 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 of boom, Twin Peaks boom, start playing. Boom, and I was boom. like, nope, absolutely not. And I got up and I went in your room and I turned your Xbox yeah. off. I was like, awful idea, Chris. What are you, insane? And I brought yeah. you out in the living room. That was it. That was my... Then from there, someone was like, let's take a walk. The walk didn't happen. Then someone was like, let's go get food. We left to get food. I remember Jordan stopped to get gas. And like the visual side of things started hitting me really hard. And I swear to God... Um, I know this sounds like dumb, like some fucking deadhead bullshit or whatever, but like I, there was like a point where I was like, holy shit, we're getting pulled over. Like I saw the red and blue like flashing and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to sit here and act like I'm not out of my fucking mind for the first time on acid, you know? And yeah, almost like a movie or something, just like hard cut to us being from that gas station. I was cognizant enough to know that we were at least like a half mile, mile down the road. And I was like, wait a second, weren't we just stopped by the police? And Jordan was like, what? And I was like... Didn't we just get pulled over the police? And he was like, what? And I was like, this is literally a Cheech and Chong movie. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I was embarrassed for myself. But anyways, uh, then came home. Everybody ate Taco Bell or whatever the fuck they got and left besides me, uh, the friend that we were letting secretly stay uh, in the attic yep. and uh, his, uh, what do they call that? Situationship at Slime the time. Piece. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, and they were watching a Crystalia stand-up special. Weird. Yeah, until very late, maybe three or four. And then there was a point where they went upstairs to do their situation shit, and I could hear all of that. And I was just downstairs. You were asleep, alone, just listening to that, losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> um, not because of the thing. That was just like on top of it, someone's having sex upstairs. Um, but I was just, you know, Tripping balls, obviously. And I shaved without shaving cream, so that was awful. And then took a shower, but with my glasses off, I can't see. And so I just started hallucinating that everything was kind of, like, really dirty. And I felt really bad. And so then I was trying to text the friend. And they, were, they weren't answering, and they weren't answering. And then eventually he came downstairs, like, the sun's up. It's, like, 536. And was just tired as hell in his underwear, like, eating something and not even paying attention to me, just, like, telling me, like, relax. You probably got, like, research chemicals or something like that. By this point, you should be, like, connecting with the universe and shit like that. Like, you're not having a real acid trip. Like, this, you know. Yeah, and this guy doesn't know shit about dicks. So. <laughs> he really doesn't. Uh, and then that made me feel even worse, obviously. And uh, then he went to bed, and I was just, like, laying on a mattress on a box spring that was caved in in the middle. Uh-huh. And I was laying there, and I was like, this is fucking awful. I was doing the usual, like, 
you know, just early mid twenties, like badass and trip where you're like, I got to move back with my folks. This is not adult. I am not adult. What is this? And like, <laughs> then I like solo, maybe you woke up and helped me, but like we put like the box spring in the basement. And then I was like, I'm just going to sweep the floor really good, mop it and then throw the mattress on the ground. And I did that. And then it was just worse. I was like, Oh my God, I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor. I got to move back with my mom <laughs> kind of a thing. I remember this, yeah. Then I got up, and I was like, all right, Walmart's got to spell sell box springs. So I went to Walmart. They don't. Then I went to some mattress place. They do. Bought it for like 70 bucks. Are you so high at this point? You should drive to Walmart. Coming down. Okay. And uh, I strap it to the top of the Prius, bring it home, slide it under the mattress, and at that point, it's like 1, 1 1.30, and I have to be at (laughs) the cafe that I work at. Yeah. So I drove 20 minutes to like Birmingham, parked my car, worked all day. Um, The whole time, by the way, post-acid is awful, uh, Mm. very bad. Um, one of the worst mental states you could possibly be in, in my opinion. And uh, the whole time I just kept thinking, is this what they mean by like, you're never the same, like this feeling? And I got home and I felt that way. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I'm a fucking idiot. Like I've ruined my brain. This is awful. This is really bad. And I couldn't sleep. And I was like, how can I not sleep? Like I've been up since like probably 8 a.m. yesterday and it's like 10 p.m. And I got to work in the morning. Like what the fuck? So I left, I got some melatonin from like Walmart, came back, popped the melatonin, fell asleep, woke up and felt normal. And I was like, oh, thank God. I'm so glad that acid doesn't actually change you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've never done acid, but I've dabbled in some psychedelics. Yeah. And every single time I've done it on the come down, I'm always like, oh, this is forever. Yeah. This is just my life now. Yeah. Oh, I, I I've ruined my, my brain. brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel that way. And also you were talking about going to get food and stuff like that. Everybody always says, yeah, you should do it, and then you should go out somewhere. You should experience nature and do this. The idea of doing that and leaving my house, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I have, there's no, like, I can't, if I have two beers and I'm at a bar, I'm like, this is a problem. I need to go home. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not big on, on parties. That's the same thing. Like, I was trying to calm myself down yesterday at a party I was at. It was only like 8.30. I'd only been there for like half an hour. But everybody's out on the porch smoking and drinking already and just fucking screaming. And they're talking about stuff they love and like anime and this, that, and the other. And I was a little overwhelmed and I was like trying to close my eyes and just like, you know, breathe a little bit and relax. And the more I toned out what they were actually saying, the more that I was like, just these harsh tones. Again, I don't want to sound like a fucking deadhead. I know I just talked about doing acid and I'm talking about this bullshit. But I was like, even the tone of their voice is just fucking like violent. Like this is aggressive. I don't want to be in this porch. And then I went inside and laid on like a couch for a second looking at my phone just to calm down a little bit. And uh, yeah, Alicia came in and she was like, are you okay? Like what's wrong? I was like, I'm just chilling for a second. So anyways, long story short, I don't like parties, but I love cartoons. I also love cartoons and hate parties. Every time I'm at a party or a bar, I'll like, I'll just the entire time I'm like, man, I wish I could go home. Yeah. And then I'll have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And the entire time I'm talking to them, I'm like, oh, I'd love to be at home. Love yeah. to be at home. And then the conversation ends and I go, that was wonderful. Yeah. I just met an, a, a, a person and they were nice and pleasant. Mm-hmm. And we had a nice conversation. Here's man, what I want to go home. I'm going to say people are great. People are nice. But the where i'm at personally is like i know probably a dozen people that i love to spend time with yeah and i'd just rather be talking to those guys like one-on-one or two three four you know maybe a bigger group but like i don't need to be at a house or in a bar with like 40 people i don't know and then try to make small talk about like the one or two things that we kind of maybe have in common 
while nine times out of 10, I'm not drinking because I don't really like to play around with like, oh, you know, I'll drive home a little tipsy kind of a thing. Like, like that's the other thing is like, if I'm not A, in the possession of a designated driver or B, at somewhere that I'm going to stay, then I'm probably not going to drink just because I got to get myself home later. I don't want to get a DUI. You know, I remember being very young in our early 20s and stuff like that. Yeah, there's the degree to which where I understood not what being drunk was and thought like, yeah, I've sobered up enough and probably definitely dabbled in some drunk driving, sadly. But like I said, it was more of an ignorance thing. It wasn't like a... It wasn't like, a, oh, I could pull this off. It was like, a, oh, yeah, I haven't drank in like two hours. And I've been drinking a lot of water and I've had a couple of cup of coffee. So I think it's pretty good. But like, I, know, I remember back, me like, and you would go to parties yeah. and you would be like, just give me a couple hours and I'll sober up and then we'll go. Yeah. And then you'd be like, okay, I'm good. We can go. And I'd be like, I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm not driving. So whatever. I'll get in this car. Yeah. So not cool. But like I said, it genuinely wasn't like, because like I have friends who legitimately are like, bro, I drive better drunk. Yeah, fuck and like shit. like to sing songs about like how cool drunk drunk, drunk driving is or like that like never been like that i hear it's a blast but i would never i would no. never like i'd be so afraid yeah. i wouldn't be able to i guess enjoy it yeah i mean like i said like i genuinely like i'm not trying to like uh rationalize it i literally thought i was good but like looking back now with like my understanding of alcohol because like i really yeah. didn't start drinking until i was 20 same because i was afraid um to get in trouble with my parents not gonna lie <laughs> like people just didn't invite me places where drinking was happening yeah. when i was a teenager well, yeah so. same thing yeah i mean i have a lot of friends like even my partner is always talking about like oh yeah i've never drank as much as i drank in high school i'm like damn dude i was never at a function that even had alcohol you know i i the first time i was drunk was my high school graduation party yeah yeah like i was around a lot of pot smoked a lot of pot i even just bumped into someone last night that knew me from going to centerline in ninth grade yeah, yeah. And uh, I was, like, mentioning some of the names of the people that I would hang out with. And she, he was like, oh, you were in that crew, like, the crew or whatever. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess I was. <laughs> yeah, I think about that sometimes. I was thinking about it. I was talking to one of those guys the other day, and I was yeah. thinking about it. And, yeah, all we would do is we would go to the local park. We would smoke a little joint in the woods. And then we would walk to one person's house. And we would play Mortal Kombat for like five hours and then we would go home and we would do that just every single weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know what happens on the weekends? What happens on the weekends? Cartoons. Saturday morning, yeah. Yeah, cartoons. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Chris, what did we watch? We watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah? Oh, wait, hang on. Ask me again. Chris, what did we watch? We watched uh, Rescue Rangers. We, uh, I did. You want to talk about that at all? Um, I wrote about it in this, so I think. Okay. Is that the? I think that's the noise that happens when we get mail. I guess yeah. Let's do mail. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Who Framed Roger Rabbit? The other day I watched the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers. 
It was good. I enjoyed it, and it reminded me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So naturally, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit immediately afterwards. Chip and Dale should be ashamed of themselves. Who Framed Roger Rabbit fucks so hard, it's disgusting. Just absolutely disgusting. 9 out of 10. Yeah, so just like our listener, I also watched Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers the other day. Yeah. And it was like... It was weird. I don't know how to describe it. Like, they kept doing things where I was like, oh, that's clever. It's not funny. None of, none of this is really ever funny. Yeah. But they do stuff where I was like, oh, that's clever. Like, they get they get kidnapped by the big big bad boss that they're going after. And they'll, like, get out of their car somewhere. And one of them goes, where are we? And where, the other one goes, the valley. The uncanny valley. Like, what does that mean? And like... Remember in like the early 2000s where CGI things looked real but not quite right? This is where they all ended up and there's a bunch of like early 2000s CGI guys like walking into walls and stuff like that and they got dead eyes and I'm like, that's clever but it's not that funny. Yeah. Nothing that happens in this movie is that funny. And Roger Rabbit shows up at one point. Yeah. For half a second and that's fun. And then one of them's getting tortured at the end and the guy's like looking through his tools of like torture or whatever and he's got a bottle of dip in there mm-hmm. like from roger rabbit so i guess it takes place in the same world i was like ah that's yeah this movie's whatever and then i was telling you about it and you're like let's watch roger rabbit and we watch roger rabbit yeah roger rabbit falls into that category of like things uh that have the nostalgia punch um and value of like being in that you know just that era of like you know ghostbusters Goonies, Back to the Future, Robert Zemeckis, and Steven Spielberg are both attached to this, but yeah. ends up like falling a little bit by the wayside, like something like Dick Tracy. Kind of, yeah. You know? Like, this, know. this movie feels like a cult film, uh-huh. but it's definitely not. Everybody loves this movie. Yeah, it's it such just a weird get thing. As talked about as much as you think it would. Yeah, because it was, uh, I, don't, I don't remember the figure, but it sounds like it was expensive, especially because I remember reading yeah. about them going over budget and shit like that, and it had to do with like Warner Brothers, not Warner Brothers. Um, the Disney, the Disney Channel. Jesus, good God! <laughs> Walt Disney uh, buying the rights to the book in like 1981 and stuff like that. And obviously, you get like Robert Zemeckis on this and Steven Spielberg. So it's not a cult film, yeah. but it's so seemingly like just allowed to be what it is that it has the feeling of a cult film. You know? Yeah. Um, even just down to little things, like, I, I, I'm i not going to lie and say that I wasn't, like, shocked that something... I know it came out through Touchstone, so Disney has some distance. But I was like, damn, technically a film owned by Disney, and you've got, like, 11-year-olds smoking cigarettes on the back of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a tram. Uh, or even just, you know, you know, like, one of the major plot lines is that, you know, Roger, Ray, uh, Rob, Roger Rabbit's wife is getting fucked by an old guy. No, they're playing patty cake. <laughs> That's a little... You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's the joke, is they keep saying patty cake because you're supposed to think yeah. it's fucking... Yeah. And he shows them the pictures, and they're just playing patty cake, and Roger Rabbit's upset because they yeah. play patty cake together. But, um, yeah. It's... Your turn. You go. I usually ask when we do this, well, what's your experience with Roger Rabbit, or what's your history with yeah. whatever? And I'm going to guess yours is the same as mine. I don't know. Roger Rabbit yeah. has just always existed in my life. Yeah. I know this I've movie, seen it when I was young, but yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the first time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's just always just been there. And every yeah. like couple of years I watched it, I'm like, that was good. That was good. That was good. Nor did I really remember anything except for as soon as, like the only thing I remembered really is as soon as Roger Rabbit was like, oh, I wrote this love letter. I was like, 
that's the wheel that was written in invisible ink yeah just immediately that came out of nowhere like i remember a lot of like touchstones in this movie like i remember him pretending to wash dishes but he's got no, Roger I about that. yeah i remember that and i remember judge doom at the end and stuff like that but watching it this time um way funnier than i remember it being yeah like especially i think where this movie shines the best is the legitimate like love for cartoons yeah um like, like he, that opening sequence is bananas it's so funny yeah, yeah. Um, the animation's like, I, great the timing's perfect like i, w- I was like legitimately chuckling out loud yeah in parts and what a great gag at the end of you like cut 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 it's stars not birds yeah yeah <laughs> it's no, a great and joke I, and i love when the camera pans out from the fridge and you see just the kitchen but it's practical instead of a cartoon now yeah um i love it just such like an easy like transition and i love seeing that stuff and like but no, like even like the cartoon itself is just run of the mill, a generic cartoon. It's basically a Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Exactly. But it still in its own right is funny and does things I haven't seen in another cartoon before. Like I don't know why. <laughs> like he the, he gets the pan dropped on his head or whatever and then he's sliding on the soap and he falls backwards into a wall. And gets both hands stuck in two different light sockets. Yeah. That's so fucking funny to me. I don't know why. Yeah, it's also a very um, itchy and scratchy <laughs> kind of. Kind of, Because yeah, yeah. of how violent it is. It's like exponentially violent compared to some of the other ones, I feel like. So after not having seen it in a while, what was your, what was your takeaway from watching Roger Rabbit this time? Uh, Robert Zemeckis, you did it again. Same. Uh, that's why that was my takeaway. I haven't seen any other Robert Zemeckis movies. Besides this and the Back to the Futures, but boy, can that guy make a movie. Yeah. Yeah, even down to little uh, little things like there's that one scene, which is just, it's like, it's so cliche, it shouldn't work. But for some reason it did. Like, they're in the movie theater, and uh, he's like, Dolores, you should find yourself a good man. And she's like, I already have. I have a good man. I was like, damn, I'm tearing up. Yeah, that's what I love about this movie, is everybody who's not a cartoon plays this movie insanely straight. Mm-hmm. Like, his movie is, like, a legitimately, like, beat for beat, a really good 40s noir detective story. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I feel like we talk about that from time to time with things like Young Frankenstein or, um, you know, uh, Airplane or um, Walk Hard to an extent. Um, But one of the things that I feel like has been lost a little bit in comedy is that the a lot of the times humor comes from the fact that the character themselves don't think they're outrageous or outlandish. Yeah. But if you play your character even a little goofy, then that kind of ends up undermining yeah. the setup. And Absolutely. I just feel like there are a lot of comedies in the last, like, two decades where, like, you know, the character is just a little, like, goofy or quirky and it kind of, like, undermines it a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, like it you know should, what I'm talking about, but yeah, exactly. Like it, it doesn't feel like Bob Hoskins is in on the joke in this movie. Mm-hmm. But when I think of like Pop Star by the Lonely Islands, everybody's in on the joke in that, and they're all like extremely heightened. Yeah, and I hear that movie's good. I don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. But from my memory, yeah, everything's just a little too, a little too on the other side. Yeah, for it to really work. Mm-hmm. And like I think the perfect. As far as you can go mm-hmm. is Dewey Cox. Yeah. Like, he's still a little goofy, but it but feels... But you believe him. You believe him as a guy. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's just what, like, I don't have an example. I'm not trying to take anyone to task, but I just feel like when I see a comedy that doesn't land as well as it could, that's the thing that usually ends up standing out to me. Yeah. Is uh, that I don't buy the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, you mentioned that it's it's a good beat for beat. Um, noir film, you know, again, this reminds me of uh, the thing we're always saying about, like, uh, spoofs, which is why I brought up a couple of spoofs. Uh, this is not necessarily a spoof or whatever, but, uh, you know, at the heart of young Frankenstein, it's still kind of a good Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I feel like that's the other thing, like, you know, uh, walk hard or whatever. Um, also same thing, like that one's basically, it gets to be walk the line. So it's kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not as good as walk the line, but still it's pretty sound. There's nothing, you know, um, awful there um but yeah it was something that like i was explaining to my my brother the other day just tangentially i know we've already touched on this drivers you know the difference between something like young frankenstein and like scary movie or just another teen movie is at a certain point those spoofs became like look how stupid this is when it used to be like hey you know like more like a roast you know like that thing where it's like i'm gonna take the piss out of bob saget but then at the end of the roast i also am gonna be like hey bob inspired me to be a stand-up i wouldn't be on this stage right now yeah there's like still a reverence for yeah. it and stuff like that yeah yeah and uh so that's that's i'm glad that that's intact you know um there are moments that are like cliche but again it just feels more like a love letter than like i'm not like cringing a little bit like i feel like sometimes when i'm watching movies and they they hit on a beat that's like cliche just for the sake of moving it forward either a it's done really well uh or subverted and i don't notice or sometimes it's just kind of there and i'm like "Ah, that's a little cringe i know it has to happen here but he has didn't put any panache on it but again I don't know, there's just something about a Robert Zemeckis movie where they can just have that moment in the movie theater. And yeah. you're just like, fuck you, Robert. I can't believe you're making me cry at this dumb movie. I will say, Bob Hoskins, the yeah. worst detective in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, the worst detective in the world. Like, every clue he finds yeah. is just he trips over his dick and then falls face yeah. flirts in the clue and goes, oh. Yeah, like, it is pretty funny that he just puts his, his glass over the wheel yeah. and he's like, what? And he has to get a magnifying glass out. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. That's a funny gag. Um, but like, the brother stuff is very dumb to me. But it, it like at no point am I ever like, uh, oh god, I can't believe that movie's doing this. Or is it like cringy? It's yeah, just yeah, that yeah. Like I'm like, nah. Well, that's that has to be in there. No, it is. It is like a beat for beat noir detective story where like, oh, here's a mystery, and then oh, there's another mystery on top of it. Yeah. Ooh, what's going on? And at uh-huh. the end of the day, land development. That's what's happening. Everyone's trying. Which to get is actually very very uh, Chinatown, which I would like to yeah. watch with you soon. Um. But yeah, I also like that Doctor or sorry, Judge Doom. <laughs> Judge Doom uh, is the one that killed the brother because it immediately, uh, as soon as that reveal happened, or whatever, which I was aware of. But uh, as soon as the reveal happened, I was like, "You ever dance with the devil in the pale moon?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's so '89 Batman. <laughs> but uh, you know, he does the thing where he leans over his glass and sees the will. Yeah. And then also at the movie theater, they just happen to play a part of the, uh, a piece of the news, so they're like, "Oh, this guy's doing land development." He goes. <gasps> that's it yeah i was just happened to be here at the right time and the the movies told me yeah um i also like uh the the, the my favorite joke of the whole thing is when roger ever pulls his yep. hand out of the fucking yep. the, the the handcuff and he's like you mean to tell me you could have done that the whole time he's like no no i couldn't only when it was funniest <laughs> yeah so good <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, i'm always surprised with uh roger rabbit himself not being a cartoon anywhere outside of this movie he's perfect he he yeah. just works i believe he's 
a real cartoon in the real world. Yeah. And he fits in perfectly with every other cartoon you see in this movie. Mm-hmm. Jessica Rabbit, though, makes me so unbelievably uncomfortable. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. She has the... She seems to be the basis, I would assume, for the Ink character in Batman Beyond. They have the same kind of, like, body shape and movement. Okay, I get that. Which is weird. Like, and the same face kind of thing. I'd like to do a side-by-side, but not now. It's like... It's, you know... Everybody's always... Everybody... Everybody universally agrees that Jessica Rabbit's hot and she's too hot to be a cartoon character. I don't see it. Like I don't see it either. She it, makes me uncomfortable. She makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like when she comes out of the beginning, she's doing that song and everyone's like, oh, hubba, hubba. I'm like, ah, you freaks. I'm like, you little freaks. This is gross to me. I don't yeah. like it. It is gross. Yeah. It is definitely gross. Um, Those are the two notes I took during this movie. The, so the two hands in the two electrical sockets are very funny and jessica rabbit makes me uncomfortable so what was the point of her playing patty cake though what um, was she trying to gain out of doing that she she was trying to get the will from him for the head of the studio because he said if she didn't do that he would fire roger ah, okay. so she was doing it so he would keep his job okay she loves her husband yeah very he makes her laugh yeah uh, Judge Doom, spooky guy. Christopher Scared Lloyd, me. I was a killing kid. it, killing yeah. it as always. Yeah, he's yeah. very spooky. Very spooky guy. He's also a guy named Judge Doom, and that's so over the top, but it yeah. works. I just, I love everything about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I love his character. I love the weasels. Very the funny. Weasels are fun. Yeah. yeah, there's so many great, like, uh, just again, like I, I, I can only go back to Back to the Future because I think it's like a perfect example of like how to tell a story. Um, but I just love all the little like breadcrumbs, like how they keep talking about how like stop laughing, you know what happened the last time, kind of a thing. And then at the end, it finally comes out that they'll laugh themselves to death yeah, just because yeah, Judge yeah. Doom says that. And again, it is kind of him falling backwards into a whatever. But then you know, he's able to to beat the weasels by 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 making them laugh to death. Um, which is also again like one of those things where, as I was saying earlier, like with the kids smoking or the the the, the cheating allegations and whatnot, uh, pretty dark too. It's also pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The dip seems believably like bad. Yeah. It just seems bad. Every yeah, time I like, see the dip, I'm like, oh, to God, no. Yeah. Like even at the end, where it's like <laughs> that machine's just been going for twenty minutes and eddie's walking around like sludging through it and stuff like that i'm like i know you're not a cartoon but that can't be good for you this stuff looks bad yeah stuff looks really bad i love acme being a really uh, a real company and all the little gadgets and mm-hmm. gizmos uh the only thing i don't like is one time um when uh valiant's in toontown he's talking to jessica rabbit and for some reason he has like an actual prop gun instead of them having animated it yeah it switches and it's little. weird yeah it's just weird. And I understand that they went over budget and that was probably like just a little thing they did to try to save a little money or something like that. But. Yeah. I noticed that here and there, like most, yeah. almost all the time when like a cartoon is holding something like a gun or whatever, it's a real gun. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, a, we've all seen like the behind the scenes of this where it's like, it's a mm-hmm. gun on a wire that they're moving around. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, like if, if the animation or like the character's moving too fast or mm-hmm. like doing something too complicated, the gun becomes animated. Yeah. But it was blowing me away this whole movie where, I don't know, it's just like a weird like uh, movie magic thing where it's like, I know that this gun is just on a pole that a guy's moving around. Yeah. And I can tell that, but all of this is animated so well, mm-hmm. all the characters animated over it work so well 
It's so believable. Or like even like just like when someone picks up a cartoon and throws them or something like that and it looks just the slightest bit off. Yeah. But it all looks just as off as the last thing. Yeah. That it just becomes like a visual like understanding that like it almost becomes the physics of this world. Yeah. Like, this is just how it happens. The Valiant thing happens in reverse later because Valiant takes Maroon's gun, his golden gun. Yeah. Leaves it in his car. Roger Rabbit takes it. When he first takes it, it's a real gun. But then yeah, when he shows up to save Judge Doom, it's animated. Then, that's exactly what I was thinking. Which is so weird. That, like, yeah. it's just interesting. But it's like you said, it becomes the physics of the world. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, another gag that I really liked is that they did the uh, the Bugs Bunny, like, you want the drink? He's like, I don't want the drink. He's like, you yeah, want yeah. the drink. You don't want the drink. I want the drink. Now give me the drink. That's good. That was a nice tense scene. Anytime, anytime a scene's supposed to be tense, I'm tense, you know? It's just... Yeah, it's good. Wow. So good. Um, also, it's just one of those movies like uh, Back to the Future that just has so much nostalgia just in it. Uh, just something about it, like, really genuinely fills you with that uh, Wizard of Oz wonder of just like, wow, like, for an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes, I literally forgot about my life and everyone I know, and I was just watching a movie. Yeah, I feel like any any great movie from the 80s does that yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like it's like a it's like a it's like a it's like a third thing that like a lot of movies just don't achieve. Even great movies that I love, but there's something about a couple of movies from the '80s that just have that like Wizard of Oz kind of panache to them that just for a second, yeah, make you forget. You know, like it has a feeling to me of like being like at Universal Studios, like yeah. on a ride or something like that, where I'm just like, ah, oh, this world exists. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah the real world, mm-hmm. but I believe it, and I'm yeah. there. Because that's the other thing is like, you know, I'm not saying that to like, that doesn't mean it's better than any other movie. It's just like when I'm watching something like Moonlight, which is great. Never really do I forget about me or my relationship to the world or the world because it's so grounded in reality and I'm relating to it so personally. Yeah. But, you know, something like Roger Rabbit, it's literally like I'm, you know, full voyeur mode, just watching something else, you know, exactly something totally different Um, that just doesn't happen all the time, you know. Um, even in like a huge budget, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I'm struggling to think of anything great that also achieves something like it. <laughs> but, uh, the example I'm thinking of is like uh, avatar. Like, even though it is such a wild world, I never get the feeling of like it being real. Yeah, but, I, but 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 the reason why I didn't want to give that as an example is because like I wanted to give an example of something that's good, but also still I still have one foot on the ground, so I can't think of anything right now. But yeah, it's just like this movies movies like it, like what we're talking about. It's just, for lack of a better term, and I know I say this all the time, it's just magic. Yeah, like every time I I watch this movie or Back to the Future or something or Ghostbusters or something along those lines, it's just it just transports you to another world where uh, yeah a lot of movies i can watch and i can get transfixed and like the whole like thing about movies being like a small ego death and like you're part of it now i get that all the time but something like this i'm just like oh fuck exactly like like you were saying nothing else in the world exists except for who framed roger rabbit it reminds me of minutes yeah it reminds me of that thing we talk about sometimes with like just like the well-oiled machine that was the production companies and the studios in the 80s of just like let's crank out a movie and we're gonna make like 12 in a year um but it also has like a hint of that like just golden age like um and this is not necessarily golden age but um 
like Rod Serling like cranking out just like 40 episodes of the Twilight Zone in every 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 season yeah. right yeah even though he's making an episode a week he's still taking the time and killing himself because he wants people to like it yeah and it's the same thing with like these movies in the 80s that were just cranked out in no time for whatever and then on to the next one there's something about like movies since that era that get that same treatment but without the I want people to watch it. It seems like it, it's just like, oh, people are going to watch it because this is Spawn. People are going to watch yeah. it because this is Captain America. Not to deride the Marvel movies. Those are all fine films. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like, you know, even something like, uh, you know, so, uh, the, 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 you know, there was the uh, Machine Gun Kelly movie that just came out. Yeah. Didn't called Good Morning, but Morning spelled with a U. Mm, I figured. Yeah, and uh, the whole plot of the movie is just that, like, he gets a text in the morning that says Good Morning with a U or something like that, and he perceives that as she's breaking up with him. So he spends the whole movie under that assumption, only to find out at the end of the day that it was a typo. That's a movie that entirely is about to, you know, make whatever money it makes just because oh, Machine Gun Kelly made a movie. You know what I mean? I'm mad. I'm mad. Not a great example. Yeah. Not a great example. But you know what I mean? Even like something like uh, those Bruce Willis movies that keep yeah. getting cranked out. Like they get cranked out because people are going to buy this because it's Bruce Willis. And I'm not mad about it. I'm not trying to be like stingy. I'm just saying like that's the thing that has changed about the let's crank out a movie is like there was that there was I felt like or I feel like in, in, in the 80s and some of the surrounding decades or whatever that thing where like you were cranking it out. But again, you were just conscious of like. If nobody sees it, though, I don't have a job. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> so but, I have to still make this good. Like that's yeah. why things are cliche, is because like they were like we have to hit this beat because people won't like it if this doesn't happen now. Yeah. And you're just smoking cigarettes and staying up all night. Like we gotta make a movie people would like a little bit. I will. I will. The, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The yeah. one. The one thing I'll disagree with you on is yeah, like those Bruce Willis movies. Yeah. Those were still happening in the 80s. Oh, for sure. But they were shitty B movies. Yeah. The thing the thing that's so wild about those Bruce Willis movies, they call them geezer teasers. Yeah. Is that they are those. They're like the shitty B movie, like straight to VHS shit from the 80s. Yeah. But the people making them have money. They have a decent amount of money. Not enough to make a big budget movie that gets played in theaters, but they have enough to hire Bruce Willis and then use the remaining half a million dollars to make the rest of the movie. Um, and that sucks. I didn't have any anywhere else to go from there. But no, I know what you mean. Like I it, it like like big budget like studio movies now, unfortunately that aren't Marvel movies are yeah, exactly what you're saying like we just have to get a movie out. Yeah, we have to get a couple of names to get asses and seats. And that'll be enough to either break even or make a little bit extra, and that's all we need. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the it's like survival mode almost or something. Yeah, I feel like there are exactly. I feel like there are three type of movies now. There are Marvel movies. There are those shitty um, studio. We have to shit out a movie movies, um, which are either in theaters or straight to streaming. And then there are like the a24s of the world yeah which i will also encompass to like have a b part of just like passion products projects that just get made for some reason like yes you know something like suicide squad or something or even something you know like a deadpool where like someone was just like like ryan reynolds for like 15 years just like i want to make a deadpool movie let me make a deadpool movie but but there are other things that get encompassed in that not just superhero movies yeah i would yeah okay yeah because i was gonna say i put those into the marvel movie category but 
I'm just talking about the thing where it's like one guy that like just wants to make this thing, wants to make this thing, and like finally someone's like, whatever, go make your thing, and then it works out great. Yes, and and I like it and I hate it because, you know, we don't really get that many Roger Rabbits anymore. Mm. But also, in the '80s, we would probably never get like the Lighthouse, you know. Mm -hmm. So it does suck that like the big budget studio movies suck. But it's cool that we get like yeah. I mean that's just how things movies. are. I'm just calling yeah. it like I see it. There there are pros and cons to both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's just that, excuse me. Um, you just objectively don't get Back to the Future or Who Framed Roger Rabbit anymore. Yeah, that was something, and you didn't really get it before either. That's just something that happened in the '80s. Yeah, you don't get like a legitimately well-made, good movie that everybody sees anymore. Mm-hmm. Other than the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And those are fine. Yeah. Like, I do love them, but I'll go see every single one of those fucking mm-hmm. things. But for the most part, they're fine. I wonder what it'll be next. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way to tell. I mean, yeah. literally, there's no indication of where I think about it all the time. I, I th- I'm sure everybody does. But, but what happens when the Marvel ship the, Yeah, the bottom's going to fall out of that. Yeah. Sooner or later. I have... I, have no I mean, at this point, it's been going since 20, 2007? 2008. 2008? I have no conceivable <clears throat> idea of when it's going to happen. Like I yeah. remember, I remember once they released like because they do it every year. They give a timeline of what's coming next. Yeah, I remember getting that shit in like 2018 and being like, "Damn, dude, they got this shit planned out till 2024." Yeah, like no, I remember seeing like the first one of those that they did that like led up to like they released it in, like I don't know, like right after the Avengers two, I think, and it led up until like probably right now. Yeah, being like, ooh, they're done for. They're yeah. doing too much. There's now, no way it, they're going to make it to Black Widow. Yeah, I know. It's 10 years later, and they're still going very strong. Very strong, yeah. And I think it's I think it's mainly because the big-budget studio movies like Moonfall are dog shit. Yeah. Like, they don't have anyone making movies that, like, have any, like, real heart to them, so they suck. Yeah. Like, when you got Back to the Future or Ghostbusters in the 80s, it was, it was like what we were talking about with uh, James Gunn. It's like... Yeah, these feel like movies made by a person. Yeah. Instead of just a big gross uh, CGI fist, which mm-hmm. isn't isn't to say anything about CGI. Um, I love visual effects and visual effects artists and stuff like that, and those guys are always killing it in those movies. Yeah. But I feel like the movies themselves, and of course, I haven't seen Moonfall, so I can't really mm-hmm. I can't really judge it. But I feel like I can judge it without seeing it. Yeah. Or like any The Rock movie. Or yeah. Like, uh, yeah, just any of those movies, just they just they just kind of suck. Yeah, I'd like to see everything everywhere all at once or whatever that one is. Me too. I've been people, me too for yeah. a really long time. People have been talking about that a lot. I hear it's a movie you got to see in a movie theater. Um, so all respect to that, even though I haven't seen it yet. But um, we should yeah, go, we hey, us the two guys of the movie podcast, we should go see that. So. <laughs> I think it might be pretty much on its way to home at this point. I'd like to go see it in a theater if I can. Yeah. Every day after work, I think I go. I should stop at the movie theater and see a movie yeah. before I go home. I should, I should go see everything everywhere mm. all at once before I go home. And then I don't because I'm tired. I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep during yeah. this movie. And I'm not mad at anybody in particular. And it's like that. It's just like I said, I think movies are just in survival mode right now because streaming is literally eating them alive. So if yeah. anything, I feel bad. But um, yeah, you know, and that's we'll the other thing. better movies than maybe. <laughs> I'm just thinking of movies like Arrival or After Earth or Passengers or like, you know, just these or like Battlefield earth or battle battle for los angeles whatever the all those like things that's yeah. just like 
Okay, Roland Emmerich directed Moonfall. That's a bummer. Who? Roland Emmerich. He directed uh, Independence Day. But actually, looking at his, his IMDb, he's directed basically just a bunch of movies that are Independence Day, including Moonfall. Yeah. So, uh, fuck him. Fuck you, Roland Emmerich. I said it. But back to uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what's an absolute travesty? What's that? That I was thinking about watching it. You get that scene where Donald Duck and Daffy Duck are playing the pianos. Great scene. And then you get the very, very short moment where Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny are there with a the parachute. Such a great scene. I love that. Love Give him the spare. And yeah, yeah, It's a spare tire. And then he's like, ain't I a stinker? I think it's an absolute travesty that the Looney Tunes basically don't exist anymore. Like they do here and there. But every time I see a Looney Tunes cartoon, or especially watching this movie, yeah, so sad that Disney won out. Yeah, like I, I, the Disney characters are basically just mascots now. Mm-hmm. Like they're not making a lot of Mickey Mouse cartoons. But fuck, the Looney Tunes are so good, Chris. Yeah, um, I they're just like compared to like every Disney cartoon I've seen, which is fun. The Looney Tune ones are just, for a lack of a better term, better. So punk rock. Yeah, they're so good. They make me legitimately laugh out loud yeah like i every now and then when i'm getting ready for work in the morning i will find like a youtube channel that just has like an eight hour block of looney tunes cartoons and i'll just watch them in the morning they make me me so happy yeah they're just it just comes down to basically that bugs bunny sketch in this yeah where he gives him the spare and it's a spare tire and he goes ain't i a stinker yeah and it's i'm like you know what yeah i'm like hey yeah i'm like and i'm like yeah you are stinker bugs. I love it. It makes me laugh every time. It's so good. This is a non sequitur. It has nothing to do with anything. But uh, it's also interesting to see, like, I feel like uh, I can just see trends sometimes. Like, I can see, like, you know, the popularity of the 40s throughout the 90s for some reason with things like Goodfellas. Um, the LA, revival of swing music. Yeah, the revival of swing music. Um, uh, LA Confidential, all of the movies about, like, World War II mm. and stuff that would continue into the early aughts. And then same thing, like, you know, you have something like, uh, I'm sure there are things before this, but I'm just hitting the, the ones that are coming to mind right off hand. But you got, like... Um, who framed Roger Rabbit rolling into I can attest yeah. to throughout my childhood like Looney Tunes was the morning cartoon block for Cartoon Network yeah. every morning and then you know you also have like Space Jam right and so like it's just like these two undercurrents that are just running through yeah you know a lot of media throughout the 90s into the early to mid aughts for some reason just interesting just interesting and hopefully because the 90s are big now the from what I get we'll get another swing revival well, I, that's what I'm hoping for, is I just want doo-wop. No. I um, want to buy a zoot suit. Yeah. <laughs> but no, everybody dresses like the 90s now. We just want to get into organized crime. Yeah, hopefully the 40s come back now because it was big yeah. in the 90s. Why can't I knock off a cigarette truck exactly. with a couple of guys and exactly. then sell them illegally throughout you know, the town? All I want... Tax-free. ...is for Bugs Bunny to be back and to smoke cigarettes on the back of a train with some elementary school kids. <laughs> America. We haven't talked about the car yet. Benny's great. I love Benny. That's something that uh, Valiant falls ass backwards into too. But it, the yeah. seed is planted where he's like, all you got to do is throw out your thumb if you need a ride. And he's like pointing like this or whatever. And then Benny's like, hey, I got you, buddy. You know, saves yeah. him later. It's good. I, I love Benny's got one of my favorite lines in the movie where they're, he, he, he does the thing where he extends up because they pulled the lever or whatever. And yeah. Roger and Valiant are talking and blah, blah, blah. And they're about to hit a bridge. And he goes, Roger, what do you call the middle of a song? He goes, oh, I don't know. I think you call it a bridge. It's great. It's very yeah, funny. that's pretty it's good. Just classic yeah. cartoon shit. Yeah. Uh, it makes me laugh. 
Yeah. It's like Clue. It, it's uh, the reason I love this movie is just the same reason I love Clue. Just slapstick shit when yeah. it's done really well it just gets me. I remember growing up and thinking like, like growing up, I mean like teenage, early twenties, being like, nah, just something about that stuff just didn't, just didn't get me, and it felt childish. But now, now as I'm getting a bit older, just good cartoon, good vaudeville, like. Uh, the three stooges just kind of shit just yeah just gets me it makes me laugh like i i enjoyed that when we watched the evil dead the other day yeah and i'd like to watch the evil dead too because i feel like those things are very very slapstick when they yeah. want to be uh and it just it just i don't know something about the humor like when i'm watching it, i'm like this is dumb but it's dumb done so well yeah it gets me it just gets me yeah i'd like to honestly i would like to check out some of the marx brothers stuff yeah. Primarily because um they hang out with Frankenstein sometimes. <laughs> because um Harmony Corinne, yeah. huge, 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 yeah. like unbelievable nerd for that. Just out of control nerd for that. One of the times that he was on Letterman, that was something that him and Letterman were kind of semi bonding on because they didn't really get along, but they were having a nice chat about that. Um you know, just talking about some of their favorite bits and who's your favorite Mark's brother and stuff and yada yada yada. Yeah, no, I've never really like given it a good dive and i'd like to i feel like i'd really benefit from it i think i'd really enjoy it but every time i hear somebody like recite like an old vaudeville yeah gag it really gets me uh, like the one i always think of off of the top of my head is like i can't think of the guy's name who does it but i think it was like played on the radio a lot but i think he did it no i think i think it was just like a radio sketch where like like you hear you hear someone go, Hey, give me all your money. And you hear, Yikes, robber And he goes, You heard me, punk. It's your money or your life. And there's just this big, unbelievably long silence. And he goes, Didn't you hear me? I said your money or your life and he goes, I'm thinking. Like that's great. That's so good. <laughs> That is really good. Uh, the reason why I thought about it was because someone on the X-Files subreddit posted a uh, link to a Marx, video, Marx Brothers uh, skit that like I, I didn't know the X-Files were paying homage to. I'm pretty sure the gag is that there is no mirror, but two actors are pretending to yeah. like yeah, mirror each other kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, no, that came from one of those, yeah. yeah. You see and, that all the time in cartoons. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and the X-Files uh, does the entire routine in one of the episodes for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, that's why I want to see this so bad is because all these old Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry, yeah, they're just doing that. Yeah. They're just drawing Marx Brothers bits, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like I said, even up until today, like even the X Files is still yeah. paying homage back to that thing, and even people like Harmony Korine, you know, uh, you know, huge fans of that kind of stuff. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I feel like I give this movie an A. Oh yeah, I'd give this movie an A. Yeah, yeah. I it's a solid A. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it an A plus. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But anyways, I really got to get that in the podcast. So that is that mattress, man. Oh, okay. Sorry. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time... <laughs>